powered by Riverside. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. One, two, three, four. It is a battle of the Premier League. We have the top two places on the cards. We have the top four places on the card. We have European places being fight for. We have the bottom of the barrel struggling to survive. And let me tell you, we have had plenty of action since last week. So for those of you that uh, obviously don't know, there were midweek fixtures last week. We had Wolves putting it past Watford 4-0. We had Southampton, of course, losing to Newcastle, who have been on an unbelievable run. And then we, of course, had Aston Villa putting a hapless lead to the sword, 3-0. But that's not all. There was plenty of action over the weekend. Liverpool had to be tested very early on, obviously taking on Brighton away. They got the job done and handed the gauntlet over to Manchester City. We then had Brentford upset Burnley to an extent. And continue a decent run of form where we've seen Ivan Tony score five goals. There, of course, was the battle at Old Trafford. Who was going to come out top? Well, guess what? Cristiano Ronaldo is back. And I know Rudz is back just like that man. And he cannot wait to lay into me and Wade as he was away last weekend. They got the job done against Tottenham 3-2. West Ham, of course, of course, got the victory against Aston Villa 2-1. And Chelsea roll on with all their oligarchs and things happening over there and sale of the club and Russian wars and so forth. But they got the job done 1-0 against the Saudi Arabian uh, uh, opposition, that be Newcastle. Everton, guys, we're going to dive into this one, but they look in all sorts of peril. Losing 1-0 to Wolves and getting pulled deeper into the mire. Of course, Leeds had that last-minute winner. Absolute scenes at Ellen Road. Winning 2-1 at Norwich after giving up the lead in in the 92nd minute. Watford then got a victory. Watford, the weirdest team in the Premier League, I would say right now. Impossible to pick. They got a win at the way at St. Mary's. Arsenal juggernaut keeps rolling on. Wade, say it now. You made the top four. Just call it as it is. A 2-0 victory against Leicester. But hang on. There was more. Monday evening or Tuesday, if you're from the uh, sunny Australia, produce the upset of the round of course we're talking about crystal palace drawing with manchester city unbelievable scenes rudz i know you're back i know you're excited i know you want to talk about your man i know you want to say a few things so welcome back good to see you again you're full of smiles you took your sabbatical last weekend but you're back what what do you have to say about that win against spurs it's good to be back and it's good to see Ronaldo scoring again. And let me just put it on the record. It was my wife's birthday last weekend. I don't shy away from the heat. I know, you know, it was... I know you went in hard United last week about the, the loss to Man City. But let me say something, right? There were a lot of positives in that game. And the stats <laughs> back it up. Wait, we knew this was coming, Tell us about the underlying numbers, right? <laughs> Tell us about the underlying numbers. were good. So I think there were a couple of mistakes early on. Two goals were very soft, but that first half performance was really good against. I think um, um, someone called it a counter-attacking goal that United scored. It wasn't, actually. It was a transitioning goal. So um, the ball was won high up in the field. But, you know, let, let, let's push it on to, to Spurs and 
that was a fascinating game because Spurs are probably at the moment the 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 most dangerous team on a counter in the league. I think um and they showed it against Man City. So it was a very interesting one in terms of how United were going to set up and I think had Ragnik gone with the intent to control the ball, we would have been open to that counter-attack. I think what was was smart about the way we played is we seized the possession to say, okay, let Spurs go because they, they can't create much. Um, so, you know, there was a couple of dodgy calls and dodgy plays in there, but I think it was a well-deserved win by United. And you know what? Ronaldo scoring hat-tricks. They didn't get into form. Top four is not over. I'll say this before I hand it over. The one thing I will say: so Arsenal in a good position, and I think if they if they get points off Liverpool or beat Liverpool this weekend, I, I, well, not this weekend, a couple of days, I do think then it's it's theirs to lose. There's there's no way around it. But um, with the games in hand they've had, I've always said it. I said the games in hand are Liverpool, Chelsea, and Spurs. They're not easy games. They're not given. And United still got to play Arsenal. So there's there, there's there's more to say in this battle yet. Well, wait. I, I guess I'll come to you. Obviously, a big result at Old Trafford. You know, the, you know, a very difficult game to predict as to what would occur. We obviously had two teams, pretty inconsistent at times. Um, you don't know what version of them are going to pop up on the day. And you know, United got the job done. Is that curtains for Spurs, or do you still see them hovering there all the way till the end of the season? I don't think I'd write them off just yet. Um, you know, like Rudd said, there's still a lot of football to be played. Um, you know, and I've been hopping on about the Conte factor really all year. I mean, they've got Kane and Son as well, the deadliest duo the Premier League's ever seen. As Rudd said it there on the counter, those guys are deadly. So, I mean, look, the form says otherwise. I think I, I posted a stat in our chat group the other day that kind of shows you their last 15 results where it's pretty much been win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. So it's hard to call, um, but there's still too much football to be played. Like, I know we've got the three games in hand um, and we're sitting pretty in foot at the moment, but, you know, Rudd's mentioned it there as well. We've got still got big games to play, you know. It was crucial from an Arsenal perspective to beat Leicester this weekend with uh, with Spurs and, and United playing because one of those teams is obviously going to drop points. So, you know, for us, it's one game at a time. Um, we're out of all the comp- uh, out of all the cups, as we know, as well. So it's just focused on the Premier League now. And this game against Liverpool um, on Friday morning for us, Thursday morning, um, it's crucial. You know, if we can get something from there, if we can even make a draw, um, I think that that put, puts us in a very, very strong position. You know, we haven't beaten a big team in a long time. Uh, we played well against Liverpool this year, except for the second leg of the FA Cup uh, or the Carabao Cup, one of the cups, whichever one you'll you'll beat us in. Um, <clears throat> so we due for a win against a big team, but Liverpool are rolling at the moment. They're rolling. Just don't, so... make, don't make, just hey. don't make it this game, please. Oh, wait, let me just say something. Maybe after tomorrow, United will also only have the league to prepare for. He might also yeah. be out of all the tops. So yeah, that's true. Let's see how that works out. The thing is, I think, you know, obviously Spurs have Conte, uh, obviously world-class manager, and they've got two world-class forwards in Kane and Son. United are littered with world-class players as well. They've just been inconsistent. So I think squad-wise, even manager-wise, those, uh, well, squad-wise for sure, I think those two teams 
Um, you know, they, they've got players in there that can hurt you. We don't. You know, I think collectively, we're playing better than both those teams. Defensively, we look solid. And our attacking patterns of play now, you're starting to see that, where we weren't really creating chances in the first half of the season. So it's coming together nicely. Um, but, you know, I wrote Liverpool off a few weeks ago, guys. I'll bring it up again, where I said there's no way in hell they're going to catch City. But, you know, look where we are now. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to write anyone off. I think it's going to go down to the last few weeks of the season, and it's going to be interesting. Look, it's a, some valid points raised there, I guess, from from Rudds and from Wade. It's it's going to be really interesting. But I do I do want to stop there and, and kind of bring in our guests that we have on tonight. You know, for those of you that don't know, we do have one of our avid listeners on the show, uh, Moni Majak, and I'm going to ask him to do a little bit of introduction there, Moni. Um, obviously, being a He's wearing, for those of you that can't see, he's got his uh, proud blue jumper jersey on. Uh, Moni, does that say Abramovich on the back of the, the shirt over there? Does it have his name written across the back? Is that what I'm seeing? <laughs> nah, no Abramovich. <laughs> so, Moni, tell us a little bit about how, just, you know, taking it back for the listeners. Obviously, you listen every week, but how did you become a Chelsea fan and, and why Chelsea? How did it all start for you? Um, well, pretty much my dad was a Chelsea fan, and um, I pretty much just became a Chelsea fan because he, he got me into it. I would have been like maybe seven, eight years old, a long time ago, and that was when I, that was when I really started uh, supporting them. What was your first memory of uh, Chelsea? Can you remember the first game you ever, first in game your memory? I ever watched, uh, it was a Premier League game. I was way way back when when we had i think robin i think we had robin playing for us and duck and all those guys good johnson that was my first memory of supporting chelsea for sure so you you've only ever lived in a time where chelsea are really considered yeah, yeah you know kind of a big club uh, at the top end of the the football pyramid yeah exactly so i've never really experienced chelsea being uh like a uh, mid-table club or anything like that uh, it's always been success and it's pretty much what i'm used to uh, growing up so, as a Chelsea fan around this time how are you gonna survive <laughs> now money the success is gone not yet not are you... sorry Mon, you walk you walk straight into the battlefield yeah and you've opened up that segue so right can, can i ask question. the question is there a man is there a man city top under the chelsea top is this gonna be like guilty go <laughs> Let's let's hope let's hope um, they can sell the club um, as soon as possible. If we can get so, someone, uh, maybe even one of the Arabs or something, to buy it, it'll be success. It'll be continued success for Chelsea, but but it's not looking good at the you, moment. Do you think the Arab clubs, or sorry, the Arab owners and the Saudis are now looked at as legit legitimate buyers because there's there's things that are going on there. You know, last week there were 81 um, um, murders that were done, right? Or, um, you know, in, in terms of what that means and what the what the league are looking at in terms of that fit and proper test, I think it's shifted since the Roman thing because now the, the, the landscape has changed. I think the safer bet and what the league would want is one of these American guys to come in and milk your club dry. Yeah, I did. I've re- I read up um I read up a, a bit about that. Um people were saying that the league shouldn't have ex- accepted Abramovich's dirty money to begin with. Um but Newcastle recently have had a was it Saudi? Saudi takeover? Yeah. Saudis? Yeah. yeah. 
basically the Saudi consortium. Yeah. Yeah. So I I I don't see why not. I don't see why it can't happen again. Um. But. Yeah. And and I, I get that point, and I suppose that there's precedent there, but I just think that that landscape, in even in the short period of time, in terms of what's happened with Roman, you like, twelve days ago we've been saying you know Chelsea are a stable club, mm. there, there's no issues there, and then just like that with the with you know um, all of a sudden club in turmoil, you know yeah. uh, where there was genuine concern for bankruptcy you know how would the sanctions that have come in from the government without being able to to earn new money how are we going to pay our players so i think what's just happened then would mean it makes it more difficult for these play for these you know buyers that have questionable dealings yeah. to, to come into the hot seat yeah uh, yeah i think the league yeah the, the league will definitely be more strict on who they allow who they allow to buy to buy Chelsea if if there is a buyer? It's been put up for four billion dollars. I don't know who can afford that at the minute, but I think yeah, there's only certain the people they can. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you can make an offer runs for them. But I think to to Moni's point, you know, there's yeah. there's one thing the club doing due diligence, but. I think, you know, I read a book a while ago that, that talked about the formation of the Premier League called The Club. I highly recommend it. It's about how the Premier League became the richest and most disruptive business in sport and how they pretty much copied to an extent uh, some of the, the, the learnings from the NFL um, making it this huge conglomerate that it is today. But one of the things that stood out in that book for me and, and you know, to Moni's point was the, the due diligence done around these owners there's not a lot. There's a lot of backhanded deals that are done. Money is seen at the forefront. And, you know, you can forgive Chelsea to an extent for, for allowing Abramovich to come in at that time um, when their club needed to, to kind of boost themselves to be able to keep up with the, at the time, the big clubs that were there and, and compete at the highest level. So you can understand it from one extent, but if the protocols aren't in place from the governing body, which is the league, well, then it's a, it's an open field day. And, and wait, I might pose it to you. Do you think, given what is going on with Chelsea right now and Roman particularly, you know, his dirty laundry is now being aired out for everybody to see all the corrupt deals, how he got his money, how that money was done off the back of, of, of exploiting basically the Russian people. Um, do you think the league is now going to change and start looking a little bit more um, stringently at these owners or do you think they'll just kind of brush over and think about the money? Look, I think um, uh, I don't see much changing, to be honest. I mean, and I don't want to play sort of devil's advocate here, but the reality of the situation is the only reason the spotlight is on Roma now is because Russia's invading Ukraine mm. uh, and there's a war going on, you know, and uh, as a consequence of that, you've, England are involved. The West is involved. So it's kind of the West against um, Russia at the moment, right? Yeah. The same could happen if something sort of broke out between the Saudis and America or England. They'd be looking at the Saudi owners and, and all of a sudden going, oh, you know, these guys shouldn't be running the club because of this, that, and the third. Um, at the end of the day, I think money talks. And we're not mm -hmm. just in football, but across any business or any walk of life. You know, if you've got money... You can get things done and sometimes you don't have to play by the rules it's just the way it is right i think the only reason that the spotlight is on roman is because of the because of what i mentioned earlier 
I don't think the Premier League have come to have all, all of a sudden found a moral compass and are going, oh, you know, yeah. we, we shouldn't allow these guys to come in. No, the reality is they've got a vested interest in what's going on between um, Russia and the Ukraine. And obviously the West wants to be seen as the good guys, as, as per usual, right? So that's the only reason we're looking at Roman now. No one had anything to say about it 12 months ago. No one was questioning, you know, what's Roman done? What's he done to get here? Who did he step over? Um, no, no, along the way, anything. like it wasn't even a conversation. It's literally only a conversation. Yeah, you know, over over the years, right? People have mentioned it, sure, but no one yeah. really. But not, not anybody took a, that matters at the end of yeah, the day. Yeah, so it yeah. came in it heavily on the last investigation. Few yeah, it came in heavily in the last few months when there was a pushback on the Saudis because they were saying, "How can you push back on the Saudis yeah. if you let Roman in?" You know, and they were comparing it to them. Well, I guess so, which is what a lot of Chelsea fans are saying now. What about the exactly. Saudis? What about the Chinese yeah. money that's in, in English the football as well? Changing. Right? That's the problem. The landscape, I, I know um, the problem they have is the Premier League didn't even make a call on Roman. It was the government mm. that made the call. Mm. So they need to protect themselves from that happening again from the government. Yeah. Because the government has set a precedent. So forget how much money the Premier League make and want to make. If the government get involved and put sanctions against a country for a war or whatever, then the same will happen to any of their owners. So they need to start doing contingency planning. Even Abu Dhabi, even, even Man City, they'll need to do some contingency planning in, in the event there's sanctions that go on, on Abu Dhabi. So that's why the landscape has changed. It's not the Premier League, it's the government. Yeah. No, yeah, to, I, I mean, I to, to an extent, yeah. hang on, but you, you can't just put this. The government maybe in this particular deal, yes, but are you talking about the government sanctioning what's going on with Abramovich and that's why he's in the spotlight, or you're talking about the fact that Abramovich is even in the Premier League to begin with? Now I'm talking because about if, what's if, happened now. I'm, uh, forget about okay, him being okay, in yeah. there. So, okay, so him yeah, being yeah, in the yeah. first place, they had very loose um, checks on on you know owners of a club that fits in proper tests was very loose back then. They tightened it up to the point where after Man City got their buys, they tightened up to the point when they were pushing back on the Saudis, but it was still not not strong enough for them not to get a loss in a legal battle. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think now they'll need to have a firmer standing because they've got I a president so. that the government to set yeah. and they'll have they'll have law behind them that they can they can push this with. Well, I think the, the whole government getting involved as well, uh, just to add to that point, I think the Super League really got them looking at things as well, right? With the owners just being able to say, listen, we're going to go start our own league and this is what we're going to do. I think that really got the attention of the government and a need for uh, another body to sort of look at these things and make these calls. But Again, I just think if there's a lot of money involved, they're going to find ways around it at the end of the day. Yeah. That's my overall feeling, regardless of if there's an external body looking further but, into it, there's going to be ways around it. They'll set up need, a consortium but, of some yeah. sort and they'll just be funding it and they won't be ah, the yeah. face of it. It's I mean, documentaries it's, where they show people who are the Aston Villa owner um, from you know before the Americans. He was a Malaysian guy or something mm. or a Chinese guy. He was a front. Yeah. He didn't know, he didn't have any money, he had nothing to his name, but he was a front for consortium. And these things can happen and can slip through. Yeah. But if we stick now maybe to the football side and what's going to happen to Chelsea, Chelsea needs someone who's going to treat the club like Roman. 
because if they get any anyone else that wants to treat it like a business, like an asset, like what what most people in this world, these ruthless businessmen are going to do, they want to come in and they're not going to frivolously throw money away. They want to see a return on investment. Yeah. If that's the case, the Chelsea model is not going to continue to work. Yeah, oh, I think so... it's done. I think that model is done. There's not going to be another Roman. What we what we've seen from him is unprecedented. Sorry to cut you off, Moni, but yeah, I think that model is done. Honestly, I do. I do want to hear from Moni as a Chelsea fan. That's an interesting point that Rudd's made. You know, as a Chelsea fan who's known success based off the back of Roman, does a change in model make make a difference to I guess your feelings maybe towards supporting the club, or do you see? Do you, do, you, do you agree with Rods that you kind of need, to an extent, another sugar daddy to come in to basically be able to sustain this model? I think I think for for the club, a change of model would probably be the the best way forward. Because um, I doubt it'll it'll be I doubt they'll get someone like Roman come in and just splash the cash like he's done over the years. Every time Chelsea's gone through a rut, they'll just go splash the cash, get new players, get the best of the best. But um, I think for long, long-term longevity, uh, the the club probably needs to change uh, change its model. Something. something so you would. To... So you would be happy to see a more. Sus- so what you're saying is, and I want to keep it on money for for a second, but you'd be happy to see a more sustainable model where. And, I, and I'm not trying to say it from a Liverpool perspective, but even from maybe an Arsenal perspective, where the club is run based off the income that's coming in and spending the money that's actually coming in, rather than having somebody that just has deep pockets. I was actually just going to say something like Liverpool, but yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, uh, I think, um, I think for for Chelsea fans who have been used to all the success um it's a different a different model is is probably the best way forward um and if yeah. if if another but also if another buyer that can afford the club do does come forward i can't see the premier league not allowing because the premier league's exactly. money 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 i can't see the premier yeah. league not allowing um them to buy the club Ro- roman like like wade said where well, roman's in the spotlight right now because of the war and it's not a good look for him to own a, um, a British club, and I feel like the um, that that issues come to light just because of because of the war. If there was no war, Roman would probably still be running Chelsea. No question, nothing yeah, would be happening. But there's options there, right? I, I read that there's there's close to a hundred interested buyers for Chelsea. Oh, okay. Yeah. So but in also, terms there's of, a Saudi there's a Saudi consortium putting money together to to buy. Yes, so, but there are I mean, a lot of interested parties. Lots of and and there is a Chelsea fan. Who's the richest man in the UK? Um, who's a Chelsea fan? Um, was it the uh, Candy Richard guy? Branson? Branson? Richard Branson? Not Branson. It's someone else. But uh, his name ex- it, escapes me, and I'll find was it. Was it the, the Candy the, guy that made an offer? The guy with the surname Candy? No. No. So he's made an offer for Chelsea before. He tried to buy them before, and and he's he's claimed on the record now that he's not interested. He'd be a, a very good person for Chelsea because he's a fan, and he want nothing but the best for the club. Right, and I think um, Chelsea as a as a, as an asset, as a UK asset, as a cultural asset, I think that would be the best bet for all parties. Um, and he comes into the club as a hero, um, so I think that that would make the most sense to me. But with so much interest, I think um, the Premier League would be 
looking at it quite closely um, in terms of the fit and proper. So yeah. that's why I think you've got very little chance of getting someone like the Saudis. You've got bigger chance of getting someone who who has very clean money or, or very yeah. wholesome money. I, I, I think, think so, yeah. I think uh, uh, Chelsea fans will just have to learn to be patient, especially if we get if we get someone who's going to change the model. Because you could, All right, you here's what you need to do, money. You'll need to... <laughs> Get rid of Lukaku <laughs> and all your big money money earners. Yeah. You won't be able to buy the best talent like you did before, right? So make the most of the talent that's in those junior squads now. Bring back Frank Lampard because he's going to get sacked any time now anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and see what he can do with the youngsters again. <laughs> Run it back, you reckon, Rods? That's the way forward. Take it back to go forward. Legend, legends never die, forward. right? But look, look. I mean, we can we can honestly talk about this political a- angle that's now playing out in football for for hours. I do want to get back to the football because I know that's what the listeners want to get back to, and it's been a great conversation for the past twenty minutes or so. But on that, on that, you know, given everything that's gone on, money, and we can we can stick with Chelsea because we do have a Chelsea fan on on today, and I know the listeners are keen to hear his views. But since that uh, League Cup defeat to Liverpool. You know, you've gone on the FA Cup win against Luton, which is a bit of a struggle, but you got the job done 3-2. You've beaten Burnley 4-0. You've beaten Norwich 3-1. And you've also, of course, got a, got the job done against a, what has to be said, an informed Newcastle. So, you know, you've solidified your spot in third place. I guess we spoke at the start of the season. You had very high aspirations for Chelsea in terms of, you know, you've gone on from Tuchel coming in to European champions, mm-hmm. to Super Cups, to Club World Cups, to pretty much a dream 12 months in a way since Tuchel's taken over. Obviously, the league is flattered to deceive. As a Chelsea fan, as you stand here today, at the end of the year, what is success for you as a Chelsea fan? If you walk away at the end of the season and go, you know what, we've done this, we've done that, I'm very happy with that. What what, what do you deem as success? If you asked me at the start of the season, I definitely would have said to challenge for the Premier League title because... Um, our form, our form last year, going off our form last year, we looked, we looked nearly unbeatable at times, and I, I really thought that we'd be challenging with Man City and Liverpool for, for the title. But that's out of reach now. So I'd say the success for us at the end of the season would definitely be top four, maybe top three. I think we'll definitely get third by the way, by the way it's going. Um, and maybe a, a good Champions League run. We were unlucky not to win the the League Cup. I thought I thought we had yeah very the better unlucky. of the chances. I thought we had the better of the chances that game and had Liverpool on the back foot most of the game. Could have gone both both ways, but if I go I that far, but I give you the better of the chances. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, our last our last couple of weeks the form has been good. I think I hate to say it, but it's since Lukaku's been dropped to the bench and. The managers put Havertz up front. I think um, Havertz... So, uh, hang on, can I ask you a question? What What do you think is the issue with Lukaku? Because he was obviously the nine you guys got in to kind of be that that forefront leading striker that's proven that can get 20, 30 goals a season. Yeah. Is there just a breakdown with Tuchel? I mean, what's the inside word from the Chelsea front? From From what I from what I see when I watch games, I, I just don't think he suits... He suits the the formation and the style we play, because when we play when we play Havertz up front, who's really a midfielder, and Mount and Werner, it's more fluid. There's a lot of a lot of interchanging, a lot of um, 
link like link up. Lukaku doesn't really do that. Lukaku wants wants the ball at feet back up onto defenders or run in behind. And when I watch games, he's very he looks very frustrated a lot. He's making runs, no one's picking him up. But yeah, it's just looked a lot better with, with um Havertz up front. I think it just suits the formation better. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I mean, I've been noticing Habits is scoring pretty much every week for you guys, whereas Lukaku is, he kind of looks like that square peg in a round hole weight at times. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously come come to fruition for them, unfortunately. But, you know, as you said, you, you've got three, you've essentially got three, um, or should we say two trophies in the bag, being the Super Cup and the, uh, the, the World Cup Club Cup. Cup. And that is a that is a, a an achievement in itself. You know, you can call yourself the world champions, um, and it's not something that comes around. It was the first in Chelsea's history, so it's not something that comes around very yeah. often. I mean, you know, I'm not even joking. Liverpool, as much as they've won European Cups over the years, that was their first uh, under in our history that we won that title. So not something that's easy, even though it's not a major title. We might shift gears, and I do want to, of course, talk about Arsenal, Wade. You have to be buzzing after that win against Leicester. And what appears to be now, you know, Rudds and I spoke about it at the start of the year, but we were kind of like Arsenal on a bit of a bit of a run. Yeah, that's that's not looking too good. Are they starting to fall away? And yet you probably look the most consistent team of those challenging for the top four. Um, I guess what are you hoping out for the next couple of weeks? Obviously, you play Liverpool next up, and then you've got probably maybe a couple of... Uh, winnable games coming up uh, against Villa and so forth. You, you've got to be pretty confident, Wade. I, I need you to go on record and say that the top four is yours, surely. Winnable games against Liverpool. <laughs> well, after I said after Liverpool, not Liverpool. Well, I'll, oh. I'll, I'll take you back to, I think it was around um, Christmas time where we gave our updated predictions of top four. And I actually went with Arsenal. I said it at the time. I think we'll get top four. Um, and I remember you did as well, Connell, but you quickly changed your tune after we lost to Everton. I'll never forget it. About a week later, you said, no, actually, I had one foot on the bus, actually, but I'm no, off yeah, now. Yeah. You know, I don't blame you uh, at the end of the day because we, we've we been inconsistent. But I think if you look at our, our form, I think it's now over the last 11 games, we're actually the form team in the league. No one's got more points than us. And with City dropping points... Um, this morning, I think they were had the same points total as us. So, you know, that's a that, that, that's a good sort of stretch. It's a good run. Um, what was most impressive against Leicester for me was the performance, though. It was a really professional performance. Um, you know, we dominated them at times in terms of creating chances. Um, we looked solid at the back. I think Ramsdale had to make one key save where he went, well, that, that was a really good save from... Uh, from the corner, we gave up possession at times, which Mikel probably wouldn't have been happy happy about. I think there was a 10-minute stretch um, just before halftime where they had nearly 90% of the ball. But in saying that, they didn't create anything. We, we looked so solid defensively, and that's for me been the the biggest thing for us is how solid we've looked defensively. Um, I mean, our defensive numbers are right up there with the best teams in the league, just behind. Um, I think Ramsdale has kept something like 12 or 13 clean sheets as well. Um, you know, and he's 26 games in the league. So defensively, we look solid. Um, and that, that's the most important thing is results are all well and good, but you want to see progress in terms of performances. And I think that's what we're getting now. 
Um, you know, we've got a, a, a pretty much solidified starting 11, definitely a solidified starting back five, which is very important when you're trying to get consistency. Um, and the performances and the results are following. So, look, I'm, I'm, I'm confident uh, in where we are at the moment. I said at the beginning of the season, a, a good season for us this year would be top six. We need to get back into Europe. But I'll be lying if I said that, that I wouldn't be disappointed if we didn't go on and finish top four now, looking at how everything's panned out. And also looking at the performances of teams like City and Spurs, you know, the only reason I still put them in there is because, you know, they've got those world-class players in the team who can make a difference on any given day. And Spurs obviously have Conte as well, world-class manager. So aside from that, if we're just looking at performances and obviously now results as well, we're, we're definitely in the driving seat. So I'm happy with where we are. I'll be buzzing if we get top four. Youngest team in the league. I mean, people were calling for Mikel's head after the first three games of the season when we were dead last. You know, I remember Rad saying, I don't think he's going to survive until Christmas. Um, you know, and yeah, we are. I mean, one thing we can put to bed now, though, guys, please. Can we stop? Is the, is the Ole Lampard Arteta debate over? Can we at least say that? I got a Chelsea fan yeah, and a United fan. Can we put that debate to rest, guys? Is it over? Well, look, let me tell you something. Ole was a top four manager. You know what I'm saying? He was a semi. You, you know, get, you'll never get it out of us. You will never get it out of us, bro. He finished second last year, right? He finished second last year. So let's Let's put some respect to the last year. Oh, <laughs> oh my lord! God. I thought we already said. Uh, one thing I say, I can put to bed is always a better manager than 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 Lampard. Um, <laughs> with, <laughs> when it comes to Arteta, let's let's make these these calls when he gets sacked, right? Oh my. Okay, money. Well, what do you well, reckon? Is that is Arteta, that debate well and truly over? Come on, man. Arteta is yet to finish top four, I believe, since he's joined Arsenal. So. Which yeah. Lampard has done with the transfer ban. Oh my gosh. Come on, play. guys. Really? But, but what wait, did you expect wait, us wait, to say, bro? Hang on, hang on. Wait, wait, say, wait. I can God. settle this debate. As, as a neutral, I can settle this debate. Who's the only manager out of the three to actually hold up a cup? Yeah, but look. Because you, you hang on, hang on. You're spending, but you're spending much less, by the way. You're spending much less, by the way. You're talking about the top four like it's a trophy. Hey, uh, Arteta actually has you know, silverware you know at the end of the day. Arteta has silverware. You know, Lampard and Ole you know Arsenal have nothing. Spent, Arsenal spent, didn't, isn't there an old name Pepe that's cost a shitload of money in that squad? Didn't you yeah. spend 50 million on Ben White and 40 million on Ramsdale? Look, don't, don't say no, that. No, 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 no. Let's, let's, let, let's have money. it right. Let's have it right. We spent, we spent 150 mil on six players to give our squad yes. a good base, right? And we spent that money from eighth position. Chelsea win the Champions League. They go spend 100 mil on a striker. You know, you guys in Ole's yeah. time, you guys spent way more in that three years that Ole was there. Much, much more. It's not even close. No, and you say you United, finished second, United right? United player, United tax. Everybody you know, knows what United... Yeah, but you can't have it both You'll spend money. You'll spend money. You'll spend money. And at the end of the day, you say you, you finished second, oh, you finished second. Gotta, it wasn't a contest. That, that season wasn't even a contest. He's saying he finished second. He finished. He wasn't close yeah, that, to winning the league. Let, let's have it right. Contest, the league, the league was over in like January, I remember. 
It was done. You were playing against, we were were playing against a Liverpool with two centre-backs from Division 5. Ah, come, come on. on. Come, come on. on. Whose fault is that? Did you yeah, see Kabak with Norwich on the weekend? Come on. I mean, really. We're we, showing... We, we no, let's be honest. Hang on, hang on. Hang on. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. <laughs> this year is showing the difference between Man City and where United are. So last year was an anomaly to a yeah. tier. It had nothing to do with how good United it's, were. Absolutely it, it, it hasn't, actually, because United have I finished... I agree. United have finished their average. The, the gap has is, 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 is actually sort of been the same. United have finished since Fergie's retired an average of 20 points behind Man City every season. So, yeah, which so is th- not that far gap behind Liverpool. Insane. But that's my point. But that's my point. So last year when it was an anomaly to where you finished, particularly to Liverpool. If you're asking the two best no, teams, no. So, United so, are not so last in the year same was, realm. So I think more so this year's anomaly because you expect the team to kick on. And United did the opposite. So United went and signed players like Varane and Sancho and Ronaldo and regressed instead of progressed. So that is what you call an anomaly. So... You know, no, that happens. That, no, 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 no. I don't agree with that because you you expect just because you expect a team to kick on, that does not mean they're going to kick on. Manchester. No, so City, if you got to hang on, hang on, let me finish. Manchester City and Liverpool are proven to be the two best teams in the league over the last four years. That's proven. Telling me that United will finish second and then you expect them and uh, that's an anomaly. No, many teams so United are, have finished are, a couple times second many, over the last many, few times because Jose Mourinho many, has also said his best ever had. season was a season he finished second, right? right. But, many but teams, many teams. What I'm saying is anomaly. As if, that's not an anomaly. If, that if, happens if, often. Teams finish well and no, then the next doesn't. year they go buy players and no, they regress. Doesn't. Yes, it does. Oh, a team that transitions a lot. So if a team that... No, so a team that does well, the expectation is that when you build and you and you get a significant investment, you will need to see a return on that investment. Otherwise, people lose their jobs. So it's not unreasonable for Which me to why say United, lost have performed, United have performed way below par and below expectation, more so this season than any other season over the past 10 years because we hadn't had built up the team to the point where we felt we weren't far away. And then you get these investments where you're getting the players that we're after and it regresses. So that's something that then you you need to then change the entire model because you've, you've invested three years in someone and you've got to start again. Listen, so the model, so the overall, model what you're telling me though... For seven years. Seven years you've been signing yeah. players. Wait, so I don't but know overall, what you're talking about. What, what, you, what you're trying to say, say though... Is the Ole Lampard Arteta debate is still raging on? That's what that's what I'm that's what I'm getting here. Yeah. Is that what we're saying, guys? Only, only when Arteta finishes second, and I'll say, all right, wait, I'll give you this. Oh one. my can God! I, second is the measure. Wait, Let's wow. hear from Moni. Let's hear from Moni. Unreal. Moni, talk to us. How long are we gonna let Arteta not finish top four every every season? Well, when do you? Well, my my answer to this would be, you know, for, for the way I look at it, Money, like for the last 17 years, Arsenal have been declining with, and the plan was sell our best players, replace them with players that weren't good enough to pay off the Emirates Stadium, right? We were sold that for years and years and years. Ivan Gazidis, our former chairman, came out and said that once the stadium's paid off, we're going to be competing with Bayern Munich. Famous quote, right, that Arsenal fans have held on to. 
there was no plan. The, the plan was the business model, which was to be self-sufficient. Uh, and, and at the end of the day, what happened was other clubs were spending money and they started overtaking us, right? This is the first time that there's actually a clear plan that I can see to get us back to success since we moved to the Emirates Stadium. This is the first time I'm actually seeing a clear plan. Let's buy young. Let's develop. Now we've got our base. And now it's about, it's about adding to that, adding those, those uh, sprinkles of world-class players that we can get to go with this young core, right? We can't say how much time we're going to give the guy because Arteta needed to come in. He needed to break the whole house down, rip the base out, and build it up all again. That was always going to take time. You know, I'm not one of those Arsenal fans that expects us to be winning cups every single year and challenging for the league every year. It's unrealistic. Sports doesn't work like that. It works in cycles. Teams dominate for a while, then they drop off for a while. Then they back up at the top for a while and they drop off. That's just how sports works. So the main thing I wanted to see was that there's a clear plan in place to get us back to the top. And now, with where we've come from, from when Arteta took over to now, I think it's undeniable for anyone to look at it and go, what are Arsenal doing? I don't see what they're doing. Yeah. There's a clear plan in place, and I'm happy with the plan, even though it's going to take us maybe, may, might not be next season, but I can see us challenging for the next in the next couple of years if we keep doing what we're doing. One thing I can say about Arsenal is, you're right, you can definitely see that they're building something with Saka, Odegaard, and all those guys. Are young the young guys. Clear. Yeah. The young yeah. core. Definitely. They're definitely going to be something in the next couple of years, but United, on the other hand, there's no plan There's whatsoever. No and this the is what Connell and I were talking about last year. What Rudd's is, is the, the only plan? One that sees Rudd's the plan. knows. <laughs> Rudd's has got all the underlying it's, numbers and he'll tell us about that. Yeah, but look, what's the plan? There's good numbers there's, and there's, there's definitely good. <laughs> and, there's, and there's a definite plan. So what's in, the plan? In, in, in where United are going. But I'll tell you the numbers, right? I'll tell you since Ragnik has come in, right? No team in the league have created more chances than Man United, right? Um, and that's a fact. Those are numbers. Those are underlying numbers which speak to the way United are playing and performing. And it, it has coincided with some poor form from a player like Ronaldo, who hasn't been scoring. But guess who scored a hat-trick on the weekend? Guess who might find himself in form? And then if United continue to create chances, who's one of the best finishers in the history of the game? And who do you want to be at the end of those chances? So, you know, that, that, that speaks a lot in terms of what United can do. In terms of what the plan is, obviously we're looking to, and I've spoken about this in the past, United have been a club that have gone over and gone for those galactical managers. And by them not going for Conte, bypassing him, it was because they want to focus on the way and the style of play. That is now more important than getting in the big names. That is why Ragnik is here. And that is why Ragnik, after his time as an interim manager, will go upstairs and he'll, he's got a two-year consulting job. And United will now make a decision on the manager based on footballing, uh, footballing pre- premise and not based on reputation. I think that's a good plan. I think as a, as, a, as a United fan, that's what I want to see. So you can expect someone coming into a club like a Eric Ten Hag, even a Pochettino, um, or maybe even a Thomas Tuchel, depending what happens at Chelsea. So would you, you, know, you, Bonnie, so would you be happy with Poch coming in, playing nice football and not winning for the next three years, though, Rads? Would, I, you, would I you be think, happy with that? I think Pochettino did an absolutely phenomenal job at Spurs with the resources that he, were, that, that, that he had. I think yeah, United all agree on that. have a lot more resources than Spurs, and they'll, and they'll back him and they'll give it to him. They'll probably even give him Kane if he comes. 
And I, I like what Pochettino does. I like how he improves youth. United are built of youth. And I think one of the only teams to well, have a, hang on, someone from the youth, youth. Continue to so there's a there's a record coming through United about every single game we've played we've had a youth prospect in the club we're still playing players like Ilanga in our team we still got players like Rashford you know throughout the team we've always got players that have come through the academy and continue to look at at youngsters United have got a very good um, um, junior setup at the moment um, they're looking to 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 go into the FA Cup final it's the first time in a few years there was a risk for Chelsea to overtake United as the most successful youth FA Cup team. Um, but United are back in that, that competition and that's what we like to see as fans. We want to see our youth getting well because it speaks of what our senior team can do because we always like to back our, our youth coming through. So there, there's a lot of positives. You know, I think it's easy to be a, a naysayer. I think Poch- I know Pochettino is going to get slack because a disjointed Man City, uh, sorry, PSG team has got knocked out of, of the Champions League after being in total control in two legs. But then again, Thomas Tuchel got sacked because he couldn't get a disjointed PSG team to perform in the Champions League as well. And he's turned out to be a decent manager at Chelsea. So I don't really look at what's happening at PSG and don't take it as seriously as, as others. But from a fan's perspective at the moment, Eric Ten Hag is the one that everybody wants. Um, so, you know, but like I said, I, I'll be happy if it's Poch as well. I, I think Poch is a fantastic manager. And I know there's some rivalry there with Wade in terms of throwing stones at him not winning. But, I, you know, what he did at Spurs, I'll say again, I think it was phenomenal. Yeah, look, I don't think you can read into what happens at PSG, quite frankly. That any manager that goes there, that club, to an extent, I, I truly believe in the historical nature of the European Cup. And for some reason, teams like Real Madrid, Liverpool... There are certain teams there that just rise to the top when it comes to certain games. And unfortunately, PSG found themselves in that situation. Man City are another example. I remember Trent saying a, a thing about Manchester City a couple of weeks ago, kind of tongue-in-cheek. You know, all the money they spent, they still can't win a, a Champions League. So I do think there's a bit of, bit of romance in that European Cup that does play out. But look, lads, you paint a, uh, an interesting picture. We'll see. United will forever have a plan. Their original plan was uh, the success of, of Ferguson, which was David Moyers, which failed epically, to say the least. So we'll see if the latest plan of the replan of the new plan actually works. But for the listeners, we're going to have to move on. Yeah, it's been a great discussion so far. Rads, we're going to move on to, of course, what everybody loves. You know, even I know... Powered by Riverside FM. But it's all about the trivia, guys. And we've got a new participant this week. So you're going to have to keep a little bit of a tripod score there, Moni. Rudz will explain the rules to you. But you've now entered the uh, the trivia zone, mate. And it's fastest trigger in this one. Over to you, Rudz. Yeah, so, yeah, look, it's just a quick hits this week, right? So we've got 10 questions, all based off the last week in the Premier League. Fastest fastest to the trigger. I'll make the call in terms of who I, who I think called it. Um, but oh, I just want to go on record. Um, if, if, if you did listen two weeks ago, I meant to bring it up, but you weren't there. I just want to go on record. It is clear as day who said the answer <sighs> first in that previous week. So, Wade, if you never heard yeah, it, it the whole argument it was there, me. It's best off it was you. It was me. <laughs> no, two weeks ago, I swear. So, I listened back to that, and there was a delay in the. In the oh, recording of the delay, audio, was it? yeah. Oh my! No, there was. If you go and listen back, he did some post-production after. Yeah, there was some post-production work <laughs> <right> there because 
Arnold's still talking, and then there's like a pause, and then I and I, and in that discussion, those pauses weren't there. Yeah, it was and doctored. Then there's like, it was doctored. It was, yeah, 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 no, there was, was there was some doctoring there. The I remember that. I that no, let's, listen, that that recording got lost. And then somehow it was retrieved, yeah. and you had to, you had to what's figure going one, on? two things. <laughs> this all came with these Angoma skills. <laughs> <and> now... <laughs> anyway. All right, uh, let's, let's, let's get into the trivia. <laughs> let's get into the Keep trivia, right? So, um, Marty, just as quick, first answer is the winner. Simple as that. Okay, so now it's easy. Yeah, and I'm gonna listen carefully for money too. So you're gonna to have um, to shout with uh, that uh, mic of yours, money. You sound like the audio levels a little bit different, but let's see. <laughs> All right, o- over the last twenty games that have been pa- played, which team has the lowest win percentage? Everton. Everton, money's on the board. Jeez, wait, hey, we can't let a newcomer beat us, huh? <laughs> okay, <right>. okay, okay. <laughs> Which player became the youngest to score a 90th minute winner? Kehalt. Oh, can't yeah. know. I thought, yeah, I thought I'll ch- catch you with that one. The lead striker. I knew yeah. that one. Yeah. I didn't know his name. Since the turn of the year, only Liverpool have won more games than this team. Arsenal. Arsenal. Not, a, not Arsenal. City? Not City. Southampton? No. Not Southampton. Oh, Newcastle. It is Wolves. Money on the board again. It is Wolves. Wow. Okay. It is Wolves. Okay. They won seven. Jeez. So you're keeping scores there. Liverpool have won. Liverpool have won eight. Mm. Wade's on zero. Which team has lost 41 Premier League away games? They lost 41. Norwich. Norwich. Norwich money got that one again. Hey, that was me. I again, yeah, we yeah. go. Lord, have mercy. Wait, no, who was call it? that was money, Connell. Yeah, on, was money. What? Yeah. There's a delay. Uh, I'm not cheating you up. I literally <laughs> said that five minutes <laughs> earlier. But I anyway. think he's won now. I think he's won, probably. There's only one. He's How many questions? He's got, he's got three. He's got uh, the three only score that matters, Wade, is the fact you're on zero and I'm on one. So that's between true. us, that's I'll win true. this week. <laughs> which, which team I'm happy if Monty gets all the answers from yeah on out. <laughs> <laughs> which team won their 400th Premier League home game on the weekend? Arsenal. Aston Villa. Chelsea. No. No. Man United. Oh, Man United. And it is a record. Oh, they are the Lord. first to get 400. I forgot, I forgot Man United won. I don't, it doesn't yeah, resonate no, you when you talk about you winning and United. So. Yeah. Right. Um, now you're throwing me off for that one. Right. <laughs> Ronaldo became the second oldest player to score a Premier League hat-trick. Which previous United player? Ibramovic. Ibramovic. As being the oldest player, and he won it Kicks. while he was at Portsmouth. Portsmouth. Oh, he won while at Portsmouth. So he scored. He scored. He scored a hat trick while he was at Portsmouth, becoming the oldest player in Premier League history to score a hat trick. He says he was say playing for United Portsmouth player? at the time. He was playing for Portsmouth, but he's a he was a United player, York? a previous United player. Cole. Not Cole. No. He didn't no. play for Portsmouth there. No. No. United. I'm trying to think of which United player played for Portsmouth. Jesus. No one's coming to mind. 
They scored a hat trick. There aren't that many United strikers over. This is a Premier League era, so we're not talking about the yeah, no. Premier League. I'm trying to think who went from United to Portsmouth. Um, why do I keep thinking of Berbatov in my head? Come on. Um, no, not Berbatov. Yeah. Not Berbatov. No. But there's a link there with Berbatov as well. He also played in the white jersey of Spurs. What? What? Played you got us Spurs. all stumped. Played for United. One. Played for Portsmouth. Terry Sheringham. It's Teddy Sheringham. Ah, oh my lord! I didn't even. Th- I didn't. I had no idea he played for Portsmouth. Yeah. Me neither. I actually, I actually heard that fact during the week. <laughs> How did you not say it then? Uh, I completely forgot. I heard that. He just blanked. The, the pressure's on. The, the pressure's, pressure's on. on. Yeah, man. This is trivia. Which former Liverpool player had a goal record or goal involvement record? That was equaled by Mo Salah on the weekend. Steven Gerrard. Suarez? Suarez? Not Steven Suarez? Gerrard. No. Robbie Fowler. Robbie Fowler. Yes, get inside. <laughs> nice one, Wade. <laughs> Which player became the record holder for the most times subbed on and subbed off in the same game? <laughs> the same wow. Game. Well, that's a tough uh, one. Kalamatsu Nadoi? No. I don't I think we're going to get this unless you give us the yeah. club. Yeah, this is like a tough one. I'll give you some clues on yeah. along the way. So, yeah, just throw um, a couple more guesses. So, sub, subbed on and subbed off. In the same game. In the same game. Jeez. I don't even know where to start. He plays for Brighton. Lalana. 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 It is Lalana. Connell got that one. Yeah, thank you. I had money. money. Now piss off. Uh, Okay. I've already been robbed multiple (laughs) weeks here. (laughs) Who became the first Cameroonian player to win the Player of the Month award? Uh, Joel Matip. 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 I said that way before money. Oh my yeah, lord, that, what that is going funnel. on here? That was that I want to be facetious. I'll give it to him. Yeah. I'll give it to him. All right, all right, all right. From the start of last season, which team has dropped the most points from winning positions? United. Yeah, close. Not United. City. Spurs. Liverpool. No. Arsenal. West Ham. Not, not Arsenal. So That's obviously they dropped points on the weekend. So who yes, dropped obviously. points on the weekend? Everton. No. no. no they weren't winning there. in the game. They weren't winning. So, so think through who was winning oh, at some point on the weekend. I can't even remember who was winning. Southampton. Oh, Southampton. Oh, well, I, I think uh, Connell, is, Connell's taking this out. One, two, three. Oh. Oh. I had like six. No, I think Moni had about seven and Connell had six. Piss off. Yeah, that comfortably in the end. You've won it with five clicks answers, so well done, Connell. You've taken the lead this week. <laughs> well done. Wade, you finished well below our new uh, new pundit, Moni, so that's going to be that, minus that, points that, in the overall That blue game, jersey right? throwing me off. I keep, I keep getting a glimpse of it in the corner of my eye, that blue, you know? So it's thrown me off a little bit. <laughs> Well, let, let's see what color he chooses next. Whether he's going to get one of the red jerseys 
yeah. one of our teams, so we're going to get a powder blue jersey. Uh, well, that I is do the have, real question. But hang on, I do have money yeah. on record in our draft group uh, saying that he's always been a, he's always considered Liverpool his second team. So. <laughs> <laughs> If Salah leaves, then maybe I'll support Liverpool. <laughs> no, no. You know what? The next time you're on the show, well, Moni, I will be grilling you on Mohamed Salah, actually. So, But, but look, let, let's not... I, I do want to ask a question on Salah and put it on Connell because obviously over the last week there's been some movements with these contracts with the club saying they're not going to stump up any more money and his agent coming up saying he needs to get what he deserves. So... There's a real impasse here. Um, I've heard Carragher talking about it where he doesn't want Salah to go, but he understands that if he gets what he deserves and to be paid Opens as the best player in the league yeah. and, and getting £400,000 a week and then your next best player is getting two hundred. how does he sign for two hundred or anyone else in the club? What then? What, the, what happens with Virgil van Dijk? You know, does he start knocking the door to say, oh, you know, if he's getting that money, you got to make something happen. Yeah, so does that mean Salah has to be sold? Or does he, a, or you come to him leaving for free? Look, I understand both sides of the of this party, of this story. So from a Liverpool perspective, if you understand how Liverpool's model is, we just do not function in the way that Chelsea, Man City and, and United do in terms of wages. So what makes us sustainable and what makes our owners operate the way that they do is to only spend the income that they make. And that goes for the wage structure as well. So when you look at it from the perspective of our highest played player right now, it's around that 200 mark, right? So you're asking them to now double that wage. And I know the original rumors that were floating about was that Salah was asking for, for about 500. Now, let me just go on record and say that Salah's agent is a dick. So, so Klopp, so unprofessional in a way that, like, so unprofessional in the way he operated. Klopp made a comment and then he sent out six laughing emojis apparently on, uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Like, that was his, it was a direct response to Klopp's comments. Now, when you think about Salah's image, you know, whether you like him or not, Salah's image is very clean. And he portrays himself in a very particular way. So to have an agent that's carrying on like a five-year-old and throw comments like that is, is very strange that he's actually associated with that guy. Having said that, Rod, to go back yeah. to your point, I, I, it's going to be hard, a bitter pill for Liverpool fans to swallow. But there is a reality that Salah does not re-sign the deal based off the money he wants. And I think I've already accepted in my mind that if Salah truly wants to create this name for himself, which he is right now considered amongst Liverpool fans, and if you ask the diehard true, he is now, in terms of numbers, by the end of the season, he'll be top five all-time Liverpool play in terms of numbers. Top five. You're talking about one of the most successful clubs in the, in the world, right? That is some feat. If he stays on and finishes his career, we're talking about a guy that could go top three. You're talking about iconic level status at a club if he goes from liverpool to go to whoever real madrid barcelona psg whatever man city he'll just be that you know when he goes there another player to an extent so i guess he also has questions to ask himself because he's come out and said he wants to stay and he wants to create this legacy and he wants you know to be paid for it 
Whether that's all tongue-in-cheek will be remain to be seen. My thing is, I can understand both parties, but if Salah is true to what he's saying, then there needs to be a common ground met. I don't expect Liverpool to meet his expectation, and I certainly don't expect Salah to drop his wage so far that it's not acceptable. So there has to be a common ground met. But to answer your question, I think I've set myself up for the fact that he might actually leave. But I, I, it's going to be very what tough to understand to how would he go. Though, in terms of, so if you said you made your mind up, say if the club made their mind up and it's not going to happen, then um, you know he's not going to get the money he's asking for. Do you move him on with one year on his contract, or do you let him see it out? And this is now both yeah. the footballing and business decision. Where, where, what would you like the club to do? So from a footballing decision, he should stay and run his contract out, right? Because I think he will perform at the levels he's performing irrespective, right? Because then he can make yeah. the move he wants. From a business decision, they probably need to think about selling him this year and maximizing on that profit. I've already think Klopp is laying the foundations for the future. Signing Diego Dotcher. If you've been watching Luis Diaz, oh my Lord, if you've ever seen a profile of a Klopp player, it's like that guy got made in a factory and got pushed out. He is unbelievable. I've never seen a player hit the ground running, and I'm talking about anybody that we've signed to the level Luis Diaz has actually hit it. So I think the foundations are starting to come through where, you know, replacements for the whole front three, and this doesn't just bring into question with, with, with Salah, Firmino and, and Mane's deals are both up the year after next. So they all expire at the exact same time. Um, so going back from a football decision, I hope he stays for the next two years because I think this team can, yeah. you know, deliver greatness. From a from a business decision, they probably should cash in on him this year. But realistically, what you're looking at then is Luis Diaz then being Salah's replacement, then you would expect that um, Sadio Mane gets an extension. Um, he'd be he won't be as expensive as Salah, and then no. Firmino will probably get a contract anyway as a backup. And, then and that's probably what they're looking at, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what's happening in the background. If Salah, if Salah can't get to the point of meeting that, that, and I'm glad you asked the question, but if he can't get to the point of meeting the club halfway, I think that's how they hedge their bets. You know what? We can extend Mane's deal. We can give him a little bit more, and we can still keep Bobby around. As a as a backup to an extent. So do, do you think an appeal of of taking Mbappe's place at PSG and going to play with Messi and Neymar for a season would would uh, appeal to him at all? Salah. I don't understand why. The only reason anyone goes to PSG, guys, uh, I'm going to call it for what it is, is, is money and nothing else. I don't know why you would lower yourself to go play in that crap league. You wouldn't want to go play gonna... Messi if you were a player, the greatest player of all time in many to people's do what, eyes. Man, to do what? Like Messi can't even be Messi in PSG. That's the craziness of it all. Like, yeah. why would you go to PSG? I could understand if a player leaves us. And probably right, right now, I think Manchester City, Liverpool, even Chelsea. To, we're talking about the best teams in Europe right now. Bayern Munich. But I PSG. do understand the historical lure of a place like Real Madrid and Barcelona. Even though Barcelona and Real Madrid and aren't quite what they once were. But I understand the lure. Look, he's not going to Man United, so we can put that case to bed. But I can understand the lure of that. I can't understand 
him going to PSG in the prime of his career. I, I don't get this is why Kylian Mbappe, in my opinion, probably wants out. He's not really he's not really proving himself to the level he can be at a huge club. PSG are just a club that came out of yeah. nowhere in the last few years. So anyway. Yeah, I think I think Mbappe is pretty much a done deal with Real Madrid. Huh? So uh, that's gonna no, be he's a, not signing the deal. Yeah. Not, and I can understand that could be the lure for Salah at the end of the day as well. Yeah, well, who knows? You know, there's there's a Saudi team in the Premier League that have a lot of money to spend and will pay him 400k a week. Pay and I'm looking to wants. build something. You know, who knows? We'll see how we'll certainly see how it plays out. Imagine him in the colours of Newcastle. But guys, we have we have come to the end of the show. I do want to catch. Uh, there's one question I want to ask the group since we have Moni on the line, and I really need quick answers here. Right, we're going to start with Moni, put him under pressure. But Moni, give me your bottom three and how they are finishing in order. Bottom three, um, yeah. Norwich, I would say Norwich, Burnley, and. Norwich, Burnley. I don't want to say Everton. <laughs> Norwich, Burnley. You already said it. <laughs> you already said it. Just say it. <laughs> yeah, I'd say Everton. Oh, so he's the pulled Lampard down the barrel. Okay, so we have Norwich, Burnley, Everton. Rads, give me your bottom three. No, no stories, just your bottom three. Yeah, Norwich, Burnley, and Watford. Watford. Wade? Uh, I'm going to say Norwich, Watford, and Everton. Everton I don't know. Going I think down, th- boy. I down. think Wade and I agree on a lot of stuff. I'm actually going to agree with him and say somehow Burnley are going to get out of this, but Everton's fixtures are dreadful coming up. Absolutely dreadful. So I'm going to go with Norwich, Watford, and Everton. All right, back to you, Moni. Give me the, the title. Who's winning the title? Just one team. City. City, Rods? City. Yes, yeah, City. City, Wade? And, and that's not... Liverpool. Liverpool, Conway? <laughs> Liverpool. I'm not a Liverpool okay. sympathizer, Rods. I'm not a Liverpool... I know you I are. Said it from the beginning of the season. No, I said it from the beginning of the season. I just thought it got away <laughs> from them, but I'm sticking... No, no, I'm sticking with them from, from, from our original call. That's all I'm doing here. <laughs> Okay, well, we got two cities and two. Uh, I think, I, I, I think, just to add to that, I think, obviously, the the gap is is you know minuscule at the moment, and it's playing in Liverpool's hands. But that massive game at the, at Etihad, the Etihad is the one that's gonna. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think because it's at and the our Etihad record is, is terrible at the Etihad. Just game. to be clear, yeah, yeah, that's the only reason. I think if it if it if it was at Anfield, I'd say the other yeah. way around. I'd say Liverpool would, would win the title. Okay, and to close it out, Moni, give me in order from third to basically fifth spot. I'd like to know three, four, and five, how that's going to end. Chelsea, Arsenal, and United. <laughs> Get in, Wade. Get in. Have him back Buds. on. Have him back on as a regular. Yeah, so same teams, different order. Of course, yeah. Different order. United, yeah. Chelsea. <laughs> What? United, United as in United, United third. third. United third. <laughs> <laughs> no, so Chelsea pretty much done deal. So Chelsea, United, Arsenal. That's 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 my. Uh, that's the order. Wait. That's my thing. 
Same as money. I'm, I'm going, yeah, same as money. Chelsea, Arsenal, United. I think it finishes how it is now. Sorry, Rads. Sorry, not sorry. Are you sorry, s- not sorry? Hey, bro, you sorry. change your teams like, like, like you change Andy's. Every, every time you come on the show, you got a different team, a different position. The only one I've remained consistent on is probably where Liverpool will finish, but I'm going to say the exact same as the boys Chelsea, Arsenal, United. I, listen, if Arsenal threw it away from bloody three games in hand, then they need a, yeah. a good reflection on themselves. Yeah, look, next week, you know. Two tough games. I think Aston Villa is a very tough game as well. Um, you've got players that can do something. So next week could be a different story. United could be out of the Champions League. And I'll be saying to you, you know, if you don't have anything else to play for, you can rest up. And, you know, all the stuff that Wade has been singing. But if we win tomorrow, I'll be saying we're going to win the Champions League. So who cares about <laughs> top four? <laughs> Interesting times indeed. But of course, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you've enjoyed the show. It's been a absolutely cracking episode we want to thank our guest money uh his first appearance and hopefully not his last he looks like he's enjoyed it i know the guys have grilled you a little bit there mon but uh it's always an interesting space in this uh what the football podcast of course you can catch us on all the socials you can catch us on apple Podcasts and podbean at what the football pod and catch us on twitter instagram and facebook it's been a pleasure Well, enjoy the football coming up this week and we hope to see you all again next week.